Welcome to the third episode of a podcast of one's own. Um, this session, we're going to talk about the Me Too movement, the impact, the backlash, and the future of it, to be precise. And I'm joined today by Esther, our president, and our secretary, Victoria. Hey. Thanks. Hey. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for coming um, to talk to me today. And yeah, I'm just going to maybe give us some stats to begin with. So um, more than one in three women and nearly one in four men have experienced sexual violence involving physical contact and at some point in their lives, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So you could say it was about time for a global movement against sexual assault and harassment. But um, the hashtag MeToo only spread virally in October 2017, so two years ago. And yeah, I thought we'd talk a bit about why exactly the movement um, kicked off at that exact point in time. Um, mm -hmm. Which was, well, to be fair, the um, phrase Me Too had been around for um, almost 10 years before that because it was originally coined by Tarana Burke. She's um, an activist for um, black women's rights and she um, publicized the phrase on her myspace profile back in 2006 but then obviously the name we associate with the movement is Alyssa milano because when the accusations against um hollywood film producer harvey weinstein um arose back in 2017 she um wrote a blog post about it and she also published it on twitter and she said if all women who have ever been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote me too as a status then we'd give people a sense of the magnitude of the problem so um, you could say, and I think it's officially called the Weinstein effect, that sort of like fueled the movement. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, obviously, <laughs> there is actually like a, a Wikipedia entry about the Weinstein effect. It's crazy. Really? And then other examples, obviously, we're not going to name all the people, but mm. Dustin Hoffman, Ben Affleck, Louis C.K., Kevin Spacey. Sorry. Mm. Trace back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the first two names? Mm. Dustin Hoffman and um, Ben Affleck, yeah. Ah. It's, I feel like it's, it's I always get impossible. disappointed about something yeah, during each one. Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't know that. Damn. Oh, no. And I mean, it wasn't just it wasn't just in Hollywood. It was also music, sports, politics, and mm. actually a lot of these like when these accusations came up. R. Kelly. R. Kelly, right? Michael Jackson. They, well, not in case of Michael Jackson. But it all was like but. it's still like all kind of culminated around mm. the same years. So, but a lot of powerful men men had been immediately removed from their positions. Yeah. yeah. Um. Right after those accusations. So, yeah, I would. Because obviously the movement has been criticized a lot, but I would still say that it was sort of a milestone in terms of how we talk about sexual assault and harassment. For sure. Yeah. Because, but like that, it was the first time that women were publicly encouraged to speak out about stories that happen in their day-to-day -day life um, and especially in the workplace. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I'm thinking now, just the, when we were talking about it, we actually didn't mention it in the session, mm. but I can't remember if the time, if I'm getting the timeline wrong, mm -hmm. but the whole, like, Kesha sort of, uh, oh, that court out. case. Yeah. When she that, said was that, that before or after the Me Too movement started? I think there was... When it's like it was like right, yeah. Because I was just thinking, because I was just thinking, if if that would have kind of 
been uncovered and been publicized mm. now, that might have not been as much of a struggle for her. Mm. In in the like, I'm not in, I'm not too familiar with the case, but I think she accused um, producer. her producer. Yeah, she was struck yeah. to a contract which which he couldn't leave, and he was. He was he he had uh, I I actually don't mm. know if it was, if she she came forward saying he had mm. raped her or if it was, just um, just, um, harassment uh, or, or that I actually don't know but, mm. but I was just thinking about it when you said, that a lot of men was just immediately taken down from their powerful mm. positions and in that case that did, that not, did happen. not happen like he yeah. was just s- still sat there and defended by so many people and she was stuck to a contract still working under him mm. I think while it was happening and I feel like that might maybe change have changed slightly I don't know because I think the actual court case was after the Me Too movement but I think the reason and, and this may be completely wrong mm. so don't quote me on this but I think it wasn't by the wider community it wasn't perceived as a me too case no exactly yeah even though me too was already mm. a thing because then i remember my type of circles and my mm. you know like twitter feed then discussing it as like some sort of me too case but then i don't think that reached the wider public because there yeah. was the contract issue and yeah. it was i think there was a problem with not problem, but like Kesha had the type of image, mm. yeah, that yeah, people, people like, victim were victim really yeah. yes, judgmental her. of. But I'm wondering if well, I, I guess we'll get to that later on mm. in the discussion. But I'm wondering if the uh, the actual impact of the Me Too movement now would have maybe made a difference in terms of policy making and yeah, yeah, and things. Like I think that. if you talk about which is what the sort of Me Too discussion mainly revolved around sort of higher profile industries mm. like Hollywood which is also problematic in a way because yeah, if yeah. you think if you think about that Tarana Burke actually started the movement mm. and she she wanted to especially speak about sexual harassment um in like against black women yeah yeah and that sort of drowned in the whole discussion about oh Hollywood and obviously I'm not I'm not saying that that wasn't bad either it's just that was what the media, the media like mainly focused on. It's and probably why it was so picked um, up and so globalized as well because it was in that industry. But that but. is crazy how it was an like an open secret in Hollywood, right? Like everyone in the industry knew. Yeah. If you are a young woman and you're making a Harvey Weinstein movie or Woody Allen movie or whatever, mm. um, that is what's going to happen to you. And then there were people like Angelina Jolie who tried to, like. Yeah. stir something up or warn other younger women in the industry mm. and it just didn't work because those men were so powerful they had so much influence they could literally like make or break your career and those young women they were literally just discouraged from speaking up they were threatened or paid off to stay quiet yeah so and then i think it's probably that, that also was like, like the biggest scandal about it no yeah it's mm. actually scary how it was so like an open secret Imagine like you're saying and, and i think that a lot of especially younger younger girls and women that want like they want to start their career and at some point even though they're aware and even though they're warned um they will hope that it won't happen and be like oh but i Mm. really want this and i want this career and like 
I'm willing to put myself in a situation where it might happen, but I'm hoping it won't. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's just, that's also really dangerous. But it's also di- like dangerous to even discuss it because people are going to jump on that and say that, oh yeah, so they knew what they were getting into and it was their own fault. Yeah. Which is just, it's just total garbage. Crazy, did you yeah. did yeah. you see that tweet that I shared on like the Jamsuk Instagram? Because yeah. I found it and I was like, mm. I could I could mm. not believe it. Yeah. It was literally the whole problem yeah. in just three tweets, like three consecutive tweets. So there was a man saying, um, for those of you who didn't see it, so there was a man saying, um, I don't understand why women don't come forward when they've been sexually assaulted. Then a woman commented on that saying, well, because no one believes us. And then another man commented under that saying, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> so, like yeah, that, like, that's, that's the whole problem. That is right? the problem. Like, no one... I mean, there are several reasons why you you, you don't step forward immediately yeah. after you've been sexually assaulted. Yeah. And that's I mean, also... The trauma that you have to go through the trauma, again. Like, right? All um, these actresses relive it. Yeah. people that have to constantly relieve it because then they asked about get asked about it in interviews and mm. in papers mm. and and everything and it's that and it's so being in the court like if yeah. it, if mm. it goes to court you're you have to that go, must be like so revisit hard it there you have to go through and like i know that i'm discovering warm water mm. right now but you know sorry that's an italian <laughs> <laughs> but like meaning yeah. like i know this is obvious but i think that especially like in hollywood because that is such a glamorized lifestyle and position. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the spotlight, you want to, I guess, one of the reasons could, why it was so unspoken is because mm. you want to leave the best part of it. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to go to that tra- trauma. Yeah. But at the end, at the same time, you, you are in that, like, you know, you are in movies and stuff like that. Mm. So maybe you don't want to have to constantly relieve it because you want to focus on the on the good part of it rather than always because I think that doesn't allow room for personal you know no it doesn't healing and and anything like that that must be so hard if you see just just like the the public response or when we talk about the whole like Brad Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford case when literally the president of the United States Mm -hmm. just tweeted something tweeted like something along the lines where he was like oh if that assault actually happened and that like the, in the, the accusa- accusations she made that happened like 35 years ago or something if it had actually happened she would have stepped forward at the time and filed a report yeah. so you you can actually see how people have no understanding how trauma works no, and how no. it affects your life and if you see like if you look at the facts she was the one when she stepped forward and like three other women as well um those were the ones who got death threats on a daily basis and he was still elected to US Supreme Court. Yeah. I think so if you if you it's... step forward as a woman and you accuse especially men in powerful position, it it puts even like it puts you in an even more precarious situation yeah. than you're already in as a victim. Yeah. So there are so many reasons why women don't come forward and yeah. obviously are discouraged from speaking up. So don't don't go and just blame them. Under us, um, underestimate think, them. It's actually really interesting that we just briefly mentioned the whole um, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson mm. thing as well, because so many people that I've talked to about that documentary after it came out, um, what's it called? Leaving that Neverland. Um, said, yeah, like they understood it, but like 
were also hesitant to believe it because it had been so long. Mm. Like, why did they not say anything? And uh, like, and these were children. Yeah. And so so manipulate. Like, that's, that's the thing. Manip- like, people completely ignore. Yeah, manipulative. Yeah. They completely ignore those like power, this like power. huge power imbalance that there obviously yeah. is. It's like it's obviously, especially when you have like child, like a child parent or a younger person, an older person situation in a workplace where it might be your boss or whatever, and you literally like you're you're dependent on that job. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think people uh, underestimate the the use of just picturing yourself in that situation mm, like if, sure. if because and go the full length of doing that because you could say yeah okay if i was sexually assaulted i would immediately go to the police and report it but then you're not taking into consideration all the circumstances you're mm. putting yourself and all your privileges in that situation but you have to strip yourself of those privileges and then put yourself in that situation right. like if if a man in power says yeah if i was sexually assaulted mm. i would I would immediately report it, but then you have mm. to, then you have to counter and be like, yeah, okay, but it wouldn't be imagine you. it wouldn't be you. You would mm. be likely a female, likely younger than the person who did it, likely and there are, uh, employed by the person who did it. And there are also like multiple layers to it. So obviously, like race plays a role. Yeah. Like people who work low, like jobs that are not paid as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the minimum fear of wage like, jobs. Not, not having a safety net to catch you. Yeah. I think that's also trans really women, important. Trans like, women in the yeah. LGBTQ community, no, they're no. all like way, way more exposed. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the whole problem about Me Too sort of just focusing on those high profile industries. Because obviously it is encouraging if whatever, like famous people step forward yeah. and they sort of lead the way. But then we have to move on from that. We have to talk about... Um, stuff that just normal people deal with yeah, on so. a daily basis. What I think was good with the fact that it happened in a in like the celebrity kind of on the celebrity scene mm. was just completely separate from what it was actually about. But it, I think, it did make people consider the entertainment industry in a bit of a different light. Yeah, like it looks like all glamour and amazing, and people want to be there and they want to be famous and they want to do that. Mm. But this kind of put another sort of spotlight on it where you're like okay but there's still people and they're still struggling with the same Mm. sort of power dynamics yeah um which i think is like a healthy perspective to gain on the celebrity culture yeah but just in terms of seeing how like just just seeing the response so when i think about the kevin spacey case for example Mm. Um, not only did it show, which was really important, that men obviously can be victims of sexual assault as well, mm-hmm. mm. but also Netflix, they immediately, immediately kicked him off the show. And, I mean, House of Cards, he was the main character. It was a huge... Like, yeah. the show was a huge success. And people were like, oh, well, it won't work without Kevin Spacey. They just killed his character off. I, like, I, I remember care. watching, like, going you. from one episode to the mm. other, and he was just dead. He was just... Yeah. It was just like, no... It was, it was just like... It was just like, bye. Yeah, so um, the movement has been criticized by a lot of people for sort of lacking a purpose. Because some people found it hard to to see how just women talking about their experience would actually change something. They were like, yeah, mm. well, okay, we see that yeah. sexual assault takes takes place, that it is a thing, but... Yeah, they're like, are we just are we going wallowing from in here? this trauma now? Right? Or? Yeah, yeah, like, where do we go from here? And I thought that was quite interesting because if... 
if you listen to those who sort of initiated the movement, Tarana Burke and Alyssa Milano, they defined the purpose clearly. Yeah. Like they were saying, we need to have laws and policies. Um, we need to educate educate people. We need to raise awareness. We need to let people know um, how to file complaints if something happens at school or at work. Yeah. There need to be offices or places where they can turn to, where they get information. This is what's going to happen. Um, the law needs to change. So when we're talking about jobs, um, certain sort of like barriers to enter the job, like non-disclosure agreements, which you often yeah. have to sign, they have been, they have to be removed. Um, and the whole sort of process for disciplinary action just has to be quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like they didn't define the purpose of the movement. And I think another, like the main thing was just to give people access to resources and, and sort of healing. Yeah. Um, and I think often the the whole impact, like the power of stories, is just underestimated a yeah. lot. Because obviously we want the laws to change, we need policies in place and everything. But the first step is to just realize that you're not alone. Yeah. Mm. And that it's not something that only affects you or maybe you think you've done something wrong. You did you did something to encourage this sort of behavior. Um so the first step is obviously speaking out about it, and then we can talk about what can actually change. Yeah, yeah. I think as well for for people that come forward, or are hesitant to come forward, it's not only about thinking that you did something wrong or like victim blaming yourself. Mm. I think a lot of it is also like a fear of um, coming forwards and then just being deemed as a, like a broken person mm-hmm. and I think that's where the Me Too movement really made a difference because for celebrities to step forward like public figures to step forward and saying this happened to me mm. but I'm gonna continue working I'm gonna continue being a fully like functioning person mm. and not let that define me yeah. I think that is really important and something that can filter down to <laughs> us normal people that are not uh, in the entertainment yeah. industry like it doesn't have to mm-hmm. just that you come forward doesn't mean that you you're like a broken yeah and I think what person. you guys were saying like you know, the idea of not being alone and part of like maybe maybe the purpose of the Me Too movement is in its own way to create a support system a support net yeah. for those mm. who can't find it elsewhere mm. and why not like why is that yeah. Why is that a bad thing? And maybe mm. from that support net, building the strength and uh, the community to then go on and make policies and make you know laws mm. and 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 create the next generation of policymakers and lawmakers, and then we'll go up and you know change change the situation. Why not? Like, I mean, it's too much to ask for a whole culture for the whole culture we have, where just sexual violence against women especially it's just so normal yeah, um, yeah. we're not going to change that within a year or two exactly. that's, that's way too much to ask but I think we talked a bit about the law in the session as well mm-hmm. and I think especially when you look at Ireland like the referendum yeah. that yeah. happened in 2018 where they sort of abolished the eighth amendment where yeah basically what what was said in that amendment was that abortion is just legal in every single case so if you were raped it's illegal if you've a serious whatever physical medical condition yeah. that still threatens illegal. your life yeah. it's still illegal and you could have you could be sent to prison for 14 years and then when you look at because when they abolished that law it was just 
the vast majority voted against it. And later they asked the people who um, who, di who didn't want that law anymore. They were like, oh, what, what persuaded you? And 43% um, of them said that what actually swayed their vote was stories of just the stories yeah. of people and and people they didn't know as a person so it wasn't like oh my sister told me that it was the whole me too movement thing yeah. that people realized that the majority of women experience that sort of violence on a daily basis yeah In, you know, and the worst case obviously is rape so we we cannot let that happen i think um, it's very dangerous to try and capitalize on the me too movement because yeah. that's not what it's there for yeah it's not there to like it is there to make a change But the change cannot be made without stories, without con yeah. collaboration, without yeah. a community. That's how humans work. We are social animals. I like, think it, like the know, stories create, create uh, a space for the, the fact, like even the fact that it became a hashtag and that it has a name, the movement has a name, mm. Me Too movement. I think that's really important and shouldn't underestimate that that actually facilitates conversation. Even me thinking that this is something that I can actually talk to talk about with like adult men in my life mm -hmm. uh, where I feel like a few years ago if I would have started talking about sexual abuse against women mm. uh, in the workplace they would have been like what have you experienced oh my god mm. what the fuck is happening yeah like they, they would have immediately thought that this is something very specific that suddenly like you know but if having a name of the movement actually puts The conversation on the table yeah. for everyone like you, I, we can discuss this without it being a personal issue mm. i mean it is a personal issue for almost everyone but, but the person is always political that's yeah. another thing we we just we just have to keep that in mind so let's talk a bit about the the backlash against the whole mm -hmm. movement because when we're talking about obviously we see laws are changing the whole hashtag times up um movement in the states obviously changed the law there and then we can also see laws in europe change but um it still obviously remains very difficult to win a case in court especially when the assault happened years ago and yeah you're you're asked to provide solid evidence to quote melania trump um if you accuse a man which is obviously going to be difficult um after decades so um Yeah, let's quickly talk about this study that I found. It's a very recent study by Leon Atwater from 2019. And um, so what the study found is that 20 to 20 per 20 to 25% of the men who were interviewed admitted to avoid contact with women or situations where they are alone with women in the workspace due to Me Too. 50% of the men claimed to fear false accusation and 25% said they wouldn't even hire a woman for that reason. Sorry, how much was that percentage again? The last one, yeah, twenty five percent would not hire a woman for the reason. It's a quarter of employers, because well, of, male of, employers. Ma of male employers. But obviously, the, those are the ones in the positions to actually yeah, hire who people who aren't right? male employers. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, what's That's that whole what's me. the whole false accusation? I mean, is it a thing or is it not? Because I look, there there's going to be the occasion. There's going to be the occasional case, but like the fact that it's even that it's not that popular. Um, And the fact that we are willing to like completely ignore those statistics, mm. ignore those percentages, because oh my god, I'm too scared. And I get that it's hard for people to realize mm. their mistakes and decide to change mm. 
that's all a, another whole philosophical thing. Mm. But maybe have the decency to step back and say, wait a second, if I'm afraid to behave in a certain way because it could be perceived as harmful, maybe I shouldn't behave that way. Yeah. Like, is that so it's hard to difficult. get mm. your head around? Like, I get that it's hard to have your entire system crushed before your eyes because you just so love... Sorry, I'm going to get very angry yeah. right now. Yeah. You love so much harassing young women in your workplace and now you're not willing to hire them anymore. And sorry, that breaks your poor little heart. But maybe, yeah. like, just think about it for five minutes and, oh, maybe I'm not the center of the entire universe. Maybe I'm harming somebody else. And and it's we are allowed to change. We are allowed to, you know, think about our past mistakes and think, oh, wait, I actually behaved quite badly up yeah. until now. But this movement has made me realize that maybe... Yeah, I should. Ch- that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. You are allowed to. We do were that. talking. We also yeah. we were ta- talking about the sort of, cat, like the hashtag that came after it or during Me Too, which was uh, I did that, mm. or I don't know something that, that a lot of men came forward. And they were like, I actually yeah. did that, yeah. and I now recognize that it was wrong, and I want to yeah. do better. And like we we had a, quite a long discussion mm. about it in the session about the good and the bad with that movement. Like, it's good that men actually come forward and say it because it holds them accountable. Yeah. And it shows that they're actually learning something and recognizing things. But at the same time, there's also the part where it's like, why do you have to take up that space and put your own, like, put yourself there when we're actually trying to listen yeah. to the women right now? And, and I get that, but I think hashtags like that and movements like that, they can make a really positive impact in showing that no, none of us is perfect. Mm. Yes. And people make big mistakes. Some people make bigger yeah. mistakes than others. And there has to be a possibility to... Rehabilitate yourself right. in society. Yeah. Yes. There's actually a good episode about this on this show that I like, which is called The Bold Type. And it's mm-hmm. on Amazon. And it's very like somebody meant called it um, H&M Feminist, which I think it's a hilarious yeah, type of... Funny. Because yeah. it is H&M Feminism, mm. but it also talks about really good topics and one of the male writers in this New York type of vibe situation mm. realizes that he is the subject of one of these Me Too articles that one of his college girlfriends wrote. Yeah. And yeah. She, she talks about this guy who like assaulted her and he's like, oh, that's so bad. But and she she's doesn't like, say any names. Yeah, and okay. he, he messaged her being like, oh my God, that's so bad that I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And, and she's like, like you. do you not realize that that was you? And so there's a whole... I'm, I would recommend watching it because mm, there's a yeah. whole part about him having to come to... Ter- from First, the anger of saying, no, I didn't do that. That was just in your mind. And then, like, slowly realizing that, wait, actually... Actually, I did that. I did and that. I didn't even see that it was mm. a exactly. problem at the time. Owning yeah. up for his action, facing the consequences of his actions because it's online. It's, but then yeah. also thinking, okay, well, maybe this isn't actually about me. This isn't my space to be angry mm-hmm. yeah. that she accused me. This yeah. is my space to let her heal and let her have her process while acknowledging that I made a mistake mm. and I'm allowed to, you know, move was, on. For- we, we were watching at the start of the session as well. We were watching um, Anthony... No, Justin... Uh, Justin Baldoni's... <laughs> Justin Baldoni's mm-hmm. um, uh, one of his table talks uh, for Man Enough. Mm. And it was on the Me Too movement. And they were... Um, one of the guests, I can't remember his name right now, but he said that, yeah, I, I didn't realize that it was so common within my female friends 
because no one ever talked to me about it. And then it dawned on me that they probably just did not feel comfortable exactly. talking about it with mm -hmm. me. And that made me realize that I also needed to change the way that I behaved. If I came across to my female friends as someone that they can't trust with this, then I need to check what what about me makes them feel uncomfortable talking yeah, about this. makes them unsafe. Um, yeah, just to quickly come back to the whole... <laughs> Sorry, I completely... <laughs> no, no, um, that's, that's quite all right. I just wanted to wrap the whole false accusation thing up by saying that there seems to be this sort of public anxiety about it actually being a huge thing. Yeah. While when you look at the statistics, um, they suggest that only 4% of the cases who are reported, right? Not all of those who happen, but those who are reported um, are suggested to be false. And... I mean, that would drop in the UK. even and then, more if every right. single person, like the amount of people that don't report yeah. are still so many. And you also have to keep in mind that um, the police obviously have a lot of pressure to lower their crime rates, right? Yeah. So sometimes when they close a case, it's just, and saying say it's no crime, they just do that to remove like a difficult case from the statistics. Yeah. yeah. So maybe the, the actual number is even lower. So we're talking about 4% here. Less than four, um, like so. It's it's really like the evidence completely fails to support this sort of anxiety that there is. Um, I remember Donald Trump saying, "Oh, it's a scary time for men," and I was like, "Is it though? What are you on about? I'm sorry, but do you do you walk home at night with your keys between your fingers and never listen to music because you're afraid someone's just gonna?" jump or having to have that. like somebody or like, or on the phone anxiety having, going having, to work every day right. because you know that you're stuck there yeah. but you don't know what like you're not comfortable in the environment you, you have to go you there every day quit how many of us have, have found themselves to be in an extremely uncomfortable borderline dangerous situation at work i can't even absolutely yeah. like, like, i worked at a bar for like three so, years i worked so. at a hardware store and it happened to me like in the broad daylight in front of a 16 year old co-worker Yeah. Like, and I felt unsafe. Like, that's absolutely like, mental. Yeah. And you're gonna focus on the, f like, on the 4%, which is, like, very... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but, though, but that was what dominated the whole discourse for so long. And I just got, I got so upset just seeing it. It made me really angry. And I, I think, I mean, obviously, it's a thing. It's happened before. Um, it's just the first time in, like, history, pretty much, that women actually have that power. True. To falsely accuse someone. And that that could be a thing. And that's obviously scary for men. But yeah. maybe we can then talk about, like, criticize those cases instead of just undermining a whole movement. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But it's also like, it's not, it's not difficult to avoid. Like, just yeah. be a decent human being and no right. one's, no one's going to accuse you for having assaulted them. If you have, yeah. if you don't do it, mm. it's fine. You're safe. Just don't <laughs> right. do it. And if you're a nice person, why would anyone even... even those less than four percent would not want to get go mm. after you. You know what I mean? Like, it's also it's not just in the workplace. It's also when when men sort of claim that Me Too has ruined dating. Like uh -huh. Me Too has killed romance, right? Uh -huh. We've heard it so many times, and they're like, "Oh, I don't even know how to act around around women anymore because maybe I'm going to be called a rapist." And you're just kind of like, only way you "Well, can maybe act don't." Women is predatory. Then maybe don't check yourself. Be, creepy or don't yeah. do anything inappropriate use this as room for fine. improvement then yeah. maybe then you won't need to date this much <laughs> because yeah. people will actually want to stick around with you but when we asked the guys and or who were there for the session yeah I, li i literally asked them i was like how do you feel do you feel like 
after Me Too, it's impossible to yeah. date women. And they were like, uh, no. <laughs> Not <What>? really. Uh, <laughs> no, because they're decent guys. I don't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, just as a last point, obviously, we, we talked a bit about the backlash in the media and mainly from, from men and, um, yeah, um, bosses. But then also there was a sort of a feminist backlash against the mm -hmm. movement. Like there was criticism coming from, from feminists. Um, and I just quickly want to talk about the most popular, like two points that they make. So the first one being um, that Me Too sort of places harmless experiences like catcalling or when someone hits on you in a club on the same level with rape and therefore actually place down the experience or like the trauma of rape victims i think first of all i just like want to see. say like no one like no it do, it doesn't <laughs> no. take away from that like i just no. don't understand it first of all it doesn't put it on the same, the same it does hashtag, not put right? it on the same level mm. no one's saying that someone catcalling someone is worse than or the same than yeah, an instance of rape. rape like no one is saying that i don't understand that but also reasoning. people are allowed to feel and process things that happen to them in the way that they want to yes. like if being cut cold has actually made a very strong impact mm -hmm. on my mental health and feeling then safe. why shouldn't Especially I talk about it? Especially if it's a reoccurring thing, right? Exactly. Like then why would, shouldn't I be basis. allowed to say, mm. you know what? Hey. And I don't think it's it's not a fight between um, between horrible things. Mm. It's a support between people who have experienced things that may be worse things yeah. and maybe a bit less. Um, but it's like, who are you to say? Um, Like what trauma is what, for someone else. What trauma means exactly. to me, like what kind of trauma I've experienced. And then also I, I feel like people don't really understand that it's that that it's what you were saying in the session. It's sort of a pyramid. And obviously um the peak of that pyramid would be rape, but then the foundation of that is just that okay, if, if the normalization of just yeah. um that sexual violence yeah. and that abuse that happens to women and we don't and need to like hit rock bottom mm. to actually no, exactly. call out the whole culture mm. do they not you know, think want to prevent it's part, that it's part of if, the same system right yeah. if we have a zero tolerance for any type of quote-unquote low level of harassment then it won't get to rape exactly. because we'll catch it before right mm. but like i also think it's important to what you guys said you can't define someone what trauma is to someone else But then I also want to add that, like, we've all been catcalled, <laughs> and I'm not saying that I walk around being traumatized by that. Like, I, I hate no. it, but I, it, it has not, like, you know, that's the, the, the fact that I don't feel like I need to go to therapy for being catcalled does not mean that it's okay that I am. That you know what happen. I mean? Like, oh, I, yeah, I don't have course, to be like, severely traumatized no, for no, it no, to that, be wrong. That's exactly, like, exactly, like, I may be just, like, just annoyed at something yeah like <laughs> that makes say, me angry you know but like, i don't walk don't around do having anxiety about it yeah. but it's the same it's like just because you murder someone with a shot in the back of their head and they don't realize they're murdered it's not okay <laughs> you know what i mean like i don't i don't get it yeah yeah but i mean there there have also been valid points made by some feminists including tarana burke who started the whole whole movement and she was sort of saying that she feels like the voices of marginalized groups like sex workers or victims of sex trafficking who are 
often seen as legitimate targets for sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. They're being excluded from the discourse. Yeah. We have mm-hmm. to talk more about violence against queer women and trans women and especially black women. Um, yes. But she encouraged um, she encouraged those groups. She was like, this is your movement too. Please yeah. don't give up. Don't drop out just because it's rough. It's going to get rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we knew that from the beginning. So maybe we're going to close the session, uh, the podcast on that note just yes. saying um it's your movement yeah. it's it's everyone's movement don't feel discouraged if people um yeah what want to tell you um what want to define your trauma want to want to define your experience for you because you know what you've experienced and um don't underestimate the power of stories yeah 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 and what uh one last thing what was mm-hmm. actually what Trina Burke said that it's a movement, not a moment. That's so the like main thing. it's going, it's going on. Yeah, kind of. it's yeah. a process, and um, we only just started started talking about it. It's like because people are like, oh, it's been two years, aren't we done with this? I'm like, no, <laughs> it's <laughs> it just no. starting. It should have <laughs> been much started. more than two years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, keep talking um, about. What happened? Keep talking, sharing. Keep talking. Keep listening to the podcast, yes. and we're looking forward to our next session on, on Tuesday, Tuesday, which is going to be on gender um, and games. Is it gender and games or maybe? No, it's not gender and games. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's on the. Uh, it's called the Reluctant Feminist. Mm. It's about uh, maybe handling. Uh, what do you what do you say? Your like internal resistance to. Hmm. Um, to, the term, to engaging with the movement to identifying with that sort of label yeah. okay so that's going to be interesting so come along if you've paid your membership fee <laughs> and we're looking forward to seeing you bye, bye.